podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. As you can see, if you're watching a video podcast or YouTube, it's fall already. It's very, very close to the beginning of September, my most favorite time of the year. I'm wearing fall stuff and it's getting a little bit cooler here in Germany. That said, I do have a new guest, of course, for you guys. And I would like to remind you, if you like what you're seeing or listening, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're on YouTube, ring the bell icon. That said, I do have Sebastian here with me. Hey, welcome. Hi, pleasure to be here. We may tell the people that Sleeves Up is your startup, but before we get there, tell us a little bit about you. So basically, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Because I've been stalking you a bit on LinkedIn. Of course, everybody who'd like to reach out, they'll find your LinkedIn profile down here in the show notes as a link. And you've been a graduate for bachelor's and the master's at Frankfurt School of Finance and Management, which is a private university originally set up by the big banks here in Frankfurt as a training, as a training ground for their... Um, talent for the future uh, leadership people. So how did you go from being potentially the CEO of a large bank in the future to starting a co-working space? Uh, yeah, um, uh, very interesting uh, question, as, as you put it. Um, I uh, was, uh, after, uh, after my high school, um, I was quite sure that I wanted to do something with business, and um, I was always uh, always found uh, the whole the whole finance uh, topic uh, very interesting. Uh, next to obviously other uh, parts of of the classic business studies like uh, strategic management and marketing and all these kind of things, and uh, Frankfurt School of Finance and Management at that time was. Um, uh, yeah, uh, still rather new to uh, the German um, business school scene, uh, but had already uh, a very good reputation. Um, so uh, yeah, I gave it a try and uh, did the um, the general business administration studies. And during uh, that time, I um, I stopped by a, a bunch of different companies from all different kinds. So there was a bank, there was a um, advertising agency. And towards the end of my studies, um, it became quite clear to me that I really um, didn't want to go into a, a big corporation or anything, um, but wanted to be uh, sort of my own um, my own boss, do my own thing, and and become an entrepreneur. Uh, so that's uh, why I, uh, for myself, I um, yeah started looking here and there what uh, what possibilities there are to to become uh, to become independent and uh, start an own thing and uh, one of these uh, one of one of these trials was uh, that uh, during my master's degree uh, next to my studies I already started a small um, bar catering business sort of to practice uh, entrepreneurship a little bit as a as a side business to my university um, where I could uh, get my my first experience uh, with um, running a small business Uh, but of course, this was not uh, intended to be my my main um, focus for the future. So I uh, I uh, tried to or had the opportunity to um, 
work with a small business angel network here in Germany for a while, which I did, where I was uh, able to um, start a small spin-off company and work with other startups. And there, really, it, uh, um, it was really clear to me that at one point I really wanted to do an own uh, an own company for myself, um, which then eventually led to the point where I am today with uh, Sleeves Up. The the when you go through your CV, it's very much finance focused with one exception because you've been an intern in something like one of the very large marketing and advertisement agencies. I was wondering, looking back now, what did you learn there that you could utilize? Would you recommend anybody who's looking for entrepreneurship and startup also to try out or learn a little bit? in marketing or advertisement or is it something completely different from startups what what i what i was able to to learn and pick up um in the um in the big uh, marketing agency which uh, which okay is one of the one of the bigger agencies in the world actually uh belongs to big um ad agency network uh but still working there was really um uh the the working or the the working culture was really um sort of uh, fostering uh, the a creative process right and that's pretty much what uh what the all entrepreneurial process is all about right um, being creative uh on all kinds of different levels uh, meaning you have to be creative in coming up with a business idea in the first place you have to um find new ways in how to execute that and marketing especially in the marketing and and advertising field it's always about you know finding a new claim or somehow pitching a, a new um advertising idea to clients so it's it's really even though you're in a big corporation when you work in an ad agency you you are um really exposed to very uh, entrepreneurial processes because you from every new client that you that you have to win yeah in in a new pitch it's always like pitching your own new business idea or pitching an own new idea. And that's really close to um, bringing a new product or a new idea to the market. You also have to pitch it to many potential customers and see who buys it in the end of the day. And that's pretty much what's, what's marketing all about, right? Bringing a product or an idea to market, find some people who are, are willing to pay for that. And uh, so that's, I guess, um, was a very important um, experience for me during the time at the ad agency yeah what i personally discovered and i do repeatedly almost every day by working with startups is they are describing themselves we call what we do blah 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 and you have totally no clue what they are doing so making something like your world of thinking your train of thought accessible for a second person, for another person to board your train of thought is, I do believe, something very, very important. And if you learned that, you learned a lot, right? Yes, absolutely. And a very important learning is um, in, in, in bringing something to market or make, make people understand what you are doing in the first place and then eventually buy what you're doing um, is to keep the keep things simple yeah and and what you a tip that you very often hear is uh, if you are able to explain something new to your grandmother or your grandfather and they will understand it then you uh, you framed it correctly right and then you 
probably found something that many people understand and eventually consider buying. So um, a very important learning, not only during the um, time at the marketing agency, but in general, is often that the, the simplest idea are the most promising ones. And even if you find something very um, complex or very in, uh, innovative, uh, sort of uh, very new, you have to find a way to make it simple. You have to find a way to um, to put it in simple words and find a simple way, a uh, few words to make people un- to to have people understand it. Because if you if you do it complex, if you t- need too many words to describe something. Um, you probably won't fail in the market because it takes too long for for potential customers to understand what you're doing, and usually you have to, you only have the the very few first seconds to convince people, and during that time you have to be very clear what you're doing and why people should consider your product. What always comes to my mind is a story allegedly uh, from Henry Kissinger, the uh, former Secretary of Foreign Affairs of the United States. He has been uh, working with a uh, subordinate and the person was uh, trying to get a letter together, a very important one, and um, Kissinger uh, always wrote back, is there something you would change? And uh, something like the fifth or sixth attempt, the person wrote back, no, there's not even one letter I would change anymore. And Kissinger replied, okay, then I will start reading it. And that's exactly what you're thinking about, what you have to think about. Uh, Try it, especially put yourself outside of yourself and just explain it to somebody really else, your significant other or someone like this i found this extremely helpful because if you can explain it to someone who's not even in the startup scene you found something very interesting very likely getting from this point my listeners already know i'm the uh, i'm the king of detours getting from this point back to you back to your life so um you've been a a promising finance guy You've been in marketing, and then at one point, being um, WeWork already very big, having um, also in Frankfurt guys like the International Mindspace, uh, Tribals, Regos, which is also a big competitor of WeWork US-based, all in Frankfurt and Rhein-Main. There are more than 80 co-working spaces there. You decided to start also a co-working space. How on earth did you go for this and how did you convince any investor? Well, um, the, the decision to, to start a co-working space uh, um, already um, goes back a little further, um, which was already in 2016 um, when uh, or even a little bit earlier than that when i was starting my first real startup after um after my uh, master's degree um a bunch of uh, friends and i got together and uh, and really tried to to do something in the in the hospitality field a new tech solution for that and uh, of course we also needed office space right to a small floor where where we could uh, have our desks and and really start working on our company because uh, working from the kitchen uh, or from the living room doesn't really work out in the long term. So uh, what we tried was to, um, and that was already in 2014 actually, uh, 
we we went out and looked for office space and at that time the big players the big co-workers like we work mindspace weren't really around already um there were a very few um very small co-workers back then which weren't really um a very good uh professional uh, solution for us and of course office centers like or business centers like regus you always had in mind like the um a little bit boring um premises nearby the airport and of course and, and of course very expensive yeah so that wasn't really an alternative for us either. So what we did was really look for um, an own um, an own office, which we found rather uh, cheap in uh, still in Frankfurt in Rödelheim, and um, yeah, we put in our own furniture. We made we made everything work: internet, coffee machine, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and and started working right. But the problem was that of course um, we had ambitious plans and rented. Um, a floor that was a little bit too big for for our actual needs, right? So at one point we decided, what are we going to do with the with the empty um, floor that we have left over from our own need? Uh, so we said, come on, let's try. We we just rent rent out rent rented out desk wise. Yeah, co working at that time was already um, uh, very popular in Berlin. So when you when you're close to the startup scene, you you pick up that the, the general idea. And so we applied it to uh, to here to Frankfurt, where co-working as such wasn't really a big phenomenon yet. And uh, what was really interesting was that it it really picked up from the first day. Uh, we had demand. We we never did any advertising or so. We just um, got listed in on a few uh, internet sites, and people started um, uh, yeah requesting requesting desk from our from our location, even though it was like very very basic at that point of time. And I found that quite interesting, and uh, from there it took off. And uh, at the same time, the uh, the or my first startup um, didn't really work out, unfortunately. So we closed that down. My friends did all did uh, something else, and I decided to stick with this uh, co-working idea. Did uh, a second location here in Frankfurt, in, this time in the east of Frankfurt, um, which also worked out very nicely no advertising spending or no big marketing etc just uh, pure demand from the market um which uh, which showed that obviously the product that we have really flexible affordable but at the same time trying to make it structured and professional um appealed to uh, to a certain um customer base and what i also found very interesting was that not only as one would expect startups and freelancers and the typical um, uh, co-working space um, clients came to us, but many small, just classic small business, very conservative small business people, engineers, ar architects, small agencies, and all these kind of uh, these kind of people. So I thought, hey, um, I looked at the market a little closer, and. By the time WeWork and Mindspace and all the big players mo really moved into Germany and I looked at their offer, I, I thought, hey, this is like really, really too expensive. And who on earth, which founder, which small business on earth can pay 500, 600 euros per desk in the long term um, for, for their office? Of course, they have a very professional high-end product, all these players. But was, what was really missing was also a professional but affordable product for the for the um, SME market, so small uh, small business. 
right? And um, that brought me to the idea to really um, structure our business model a little more and find a way to bring the idea of affordable, professional, flexible office space to a broad customer base and which not only sits right in the center of Frankfurt or other big cities in Germany, Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, but who also are a little further spread out in, in smaller cities, right? So we went ahead and um, came up with the, with the new brand Sleeves Up, which is, of course, the brand for, um, for entrepreneurs and may, um, people who really um, yeah, roll their sleeves up and, and start doing. And um, yeah, we, we started a couple of spaces in, uh, in a couple of smaller cities in Germany, which all work the same. You have the same standardized product on a professional level. But we bring, we bring the solution of flexible um, professional office space to, to the broader area in Germany, I would say, and not only make people come to the, um, to the city centers of the big metropolis. Uh, let, let, let me kind of wrap my head around this. Um, from my understanding, it would be something like you are serving the clients who don't need to be like dead in the city center, like all the big competitors who can come by car or something like that, but still want to have a very professional office and, uh, also looking a little bit more at the price than everybody who would go straight into the city center because um, being in the city center is convenient but also a pricing stuff but for most startups I do believe the location if you're in the city center or if you're on the outskirts is not really a necessary decision unless you're in retail or something like this with a high customer frequency it's rather a little bit more about the prestige right yes absolutely and um prestige is something that um probably becomes important for a startup at a later point in time and i i absolutely don't mind my customers growing at in our in our sleeves up premises to a certain point where, where they say, okay, I'm now at a certain size or um, at a certain, I have an international custom, customer base or whatever, I need to move downtown uh, and have really a super representative high-end office on the, in, in the city center of Frankfurt or Berlin or wherever. Um, our customers are usually um, way before that uh, that status, right? So what's important for them is they, of course, we live in a in a digital world. They need they need a, a a fast and stable internet connection, of course, and they need some kind of professional standard in their office. So they they need professional furniture. They need uh, representative areas where they can invite customers, where they can bring employees, and and so on. But for our customers, what's really important is to have an area where they can focus on their productivity. They don't really request um, hammocks or any kind of too, too big lounge areas or a, a cafe and a barista and, a, and, a, and a, um, a draft beer and all these kind of things that you fi find at other places. For our customers, what's important is really to have a professional office where you can get work done, right? Um, 
So that's what we are actually focusing our product on. And that's why our spaces become really efficient and, and really cost efficient too, because we really focus on um, the uh, a lean office approach, not too many, uh, not too many features and gimmicks around that. But for our customers, it's important they come in, they need a functioning professional office, and that's it. And they're happy if they can get their work done in uh, in the least amount of time, and don't want to sit around until eight, nine, ten p.m. Um, in because usually our customers have a private life after their office life too. So they're happy if they really have their focus in their office, get their work done, and then eventually can go home at some point of time too, right? And also what's important, um, they usually don't live in the city center. They live somewhere, somewhere around the big cities and they don't want to, um, they don't want to drive into, uh, into the city every day during rush hour. So we, by, by bringing our office spaces to, to the outskirts, we really save people time too because they don't have to get stuck in rush hour every day for a, for an hour and a half or so they just have a 10 minute commute to to the nearby office space and can go home very quick quickly too so it's really our product is really focused on the the actual needs of the of the office user at the end of the day mm, what i also remember from what you've been talking about is going to smaller cities that means you're kind of targeting not only the outskirts of the really tier one cities like frankfurt berlin and so on and so forth but you also are looking at tier two tier three cities where there's also demand for co-working but may not be big enough for one of the big players is that true uh, absolutely in fact that's our um, main approach to the market um, in our growth strategy, we are not really targeting the tier one cities, the, the, the A-plus cities in, in Germany at the moment, which would be Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, of course, because there's already also a very big supply of flex office solutions. So what we're trying to do is going into the tier two, tier three cities that do also, of course, have a demand because entrepreneurship is everywhere. It's not only in Berlin. Of course, there you have all the tech startups, but the classic entrepreneur the self-employed guy um, and girl, of course, you you pretty much have everywhere. And why should should we force people to move to or, or commute into the top cities um, every day only to have the advantage of flexible office space? No, we want to bring the advantages of flexible, affordable offices to uh, to pretty much everywhere. And uh, that's why we, we brought already spaces to smaller cities like Hannover, Aachen, Gießen, starting up one in Darmstadt right now. Um, there really, we really see a customer base there too and a lot of demand, but not so much supply. Because if you look at the very big competitors, for them, since they, have, they operate on a very big cost structure, as I mentioned, barista and all these kind of people that, uh, that, that make the office user happy, um, we are able to to run quite small scale spaces of 1,000 to 1,500 square meters very efficiently and profitable. Other players in the market have to open spaces that are at least four, five, six thousand square meters very often to become profitable to have the to to have the necessary size. And of course, a small city like I would say Gießen. Um, 
it, it would be very difficult to to open up five five thousand square meters of co-working space at once and really filling that up. But with our approach, starting with a thousand square meters there, filling that up happens quite quickly, and then we see where where it goes. Hmm. I see, see, for, for all the Americans out there, uh, 1,000 square meters are something like 3,000 square feet, if I remember correctly. And I have um, two more questions in mind. One of them would be, um, we know a lot of investors are listening to this podcast out of the something like 200,000 subscribers. What would be interesting for me and of course for them maybe they even approach you about it would be how large of like terms of cities how many cities do you guys see potential for extending to like only in germany um as you said for for our next growth stage we will focus especially on the german market because we understand the german customer very well so german mittelstand uh, is, uh, is sort of the uh, the target group that we're aiming at and uh, we did a little bit of research and of course there are less and more attractive tier 2 cities in germany but um, we identified between 18 uh, 80 and 100 potential cities And out of that, we currently have about 20 on, on our shortlist for the near-term um, expansion. And but the but but the the overall target is really to bring uh, sleeves up space or and with with its flex office solution to uh, at least one uh, per every city in Germany that has at least one one hundred thousand citizens or uh, inhabitants. Yeah. So that's pretty much the um, the target market that we're talking about. And you're looking for external investors for that? Well, um, let me put it like this. At the moment, uh, we are still um, pretty much bootstrapped to a large extent because we were able to, um, to get uh, classic bank financing for most of our cases. We do have a small um, investment of uh, friends and family uh, round, sort of, for our, from our very first days, that should cover the uh, the ramp up costs of uh, of bringing the first uh, couple of spaces to market, right? But at the end of the day, um, our business case is not too far away from from a classic real estate uh, investment case. But of course, um, we do want to grow. A little stronger than we did in the past um, over the next years and um, we will have to see if the classic bank loan for that still applies or if we can maybe grow a little quicker if we get a, a more um, yeah more startup or, or uh, if we can secure some kind of investment that's more typical for a startup right that consists of course also of an equity ticket uh, but sort of the um, The, the main financing source for our growth will be or is uh, predetermined uh, to be um, is, is classic debt case because we're talking about um, uh, uh, sort of a, a one-time investment and then steady reoccurring income, which is typical for, uh, for, for debt financing. 
Um, I had to smile. I can tell you, you have the potential to be politician if sleeves up never works out. Bottom line for all the investors listening to you, you're open to venture capital and prop tech investors. Um, we are recording this still in the time of Corona at the 31st of August. And I was wondering, of course, we had to talk about how you got through the crisis and just between you and me and a few hundred thousand listeners out there, when Germany was shut down, when you saw it on TV or heard it on radio, did you need a change of underwear? Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, luckily, um, we, uh, I did not, <laughs> although the uncertainty in the very beginning was, of course, uh, very high also for us. Um, we did have some cancellations, uh, of course, because some of our customers weren't able to sustain their business during Corona times. But most of them who were actually able to, um, to proceed with their business are actually really appreciating the, the flexibility that they have with, uh, with our model. Since our the, the the cancellation notice times for our offices are between one and three months, so many of our customers just said, "Hey, um, we're also not sure how things will work out, but in case you know shit hits the fan, we're able to um, to cancel our office within one month." So our customers really didn't um, have to cancel ahead of time just to make sure they don't run out of cash in the long run. Yeah, so that was that was quite okay. So our business there was quite sustainable, but of course during March and April we we did have um, uh, a backdrop in, uh, in in new requests because basically all of the market remained uh, steady and and uh, waited what would happen. But on, uh, what's really interesting is that starting starting of May um, demand really picked up stronger than ever for our offices because many people, I guess, um, noticed, hey, uh, we somehow have to keep moving, we have to keep working. And suddenly this whole flex office model where you don't have to sign a 10-year lease anymore becomes very interesting for many people that say we're, we live in uncertain times, we need flexibility in the short run, we don't know what will happen in six months or 12 months. Um, this flexible office model that we offer suddenly becomes very interesting for a large base of customers. I see. And you guys are based in Frankfurt. Why are you guys, uh, guys based in Frankfurt and what do you like about the place? Um, well, we're based in Frankfurt simply because uh, I'm from Frankfurt. I was born here and I know the market very well. And I guess that's probably also the, the main reason why um, we, we started here in the first place and decided to grow Sleeves Up out of Frankfurt because we, we pretty much know the market and the nearby markets very well and uh, at least a lot better than, for example, Berlin or Hamburg, even though Frankfurt, of course, is quite expensive already. But um, our main focus for future growth is not in in the city of Frankfurt anymore. Of course, if, if we find a good opportunity, we might open one or two more spaces here too. But our focus is to grow out of the Frankfurt and Rhine-Main area into the nearby 
smaller cities first of all and then out of that uh, circle to the rest of Germany. That is good to know. Be before um, we end this interview, before I have to say goodbye, because we're recording already more than 35 minutes by now, um, I know forecasts are always difficult, especially concerning the future. But uh, I've seen a lot of talks and discussions mainly focused around New York right now, but they, of course, apply everywhere else, that a lot of the companies, the banks, the insurance companies, the whatever, if you don't need to be physically present, a lot of them realizes, of course, we have people working from home. They are most of the time more productive and we don't need to rent a lot of very expensive office space. What is your take right now, end of August, very early in Corona, very early when we see the first traces of that? What would be your take for the long-time implication for commercial real estate? I would guess that something like 20 to 30% of big tenants will go vacant in the next one to five years. What would, be, what would be your opinion, your perspective on that? Well, it's, of course, hard to forecast or predict any, any numbers or figures. Um, in general, I believe that the, that the commercial real estate, especially the office, um, office uh, industry, will change quite drastically um, because suddenly people have realized that um, home office actually works for many, many uh, employees, right? But at the same time, there's also the discussion, will home office be such a big deal in the future or not? Of course, um, or let me put it like this, I expect to be the, the whole um, structure of an employee's office way, way more um, differentiated. Of course, there will be a certain share of employees who will prefer to come to the, to the main office, to the, um, to the headquarters of the company or whatever, right? So the, the classic office approach. But at the same time, there will be a share of uh, employees who will, who will prefer to work from home if they have a good infrastructure there. Not only... Not everybody, though, has a good um, um, yeah, infrastructure at home to really uh, get work done professionally. Often there's distraction from, from kids and, uh, and other sources. Often you don't have a, a proper desk, proper chair, proper internet connection, etc. At least here in Germany, often the internet connection still is an issue, unfortunately. But, um, what, but at the same time, people would always value um, a proximity to their home, right? As I mentioned earlier, long commutes probably is something that nobody really likes. So I believe everybody would appreciate um, an office which would be closer to their home, meaning a, a shorter drive home after work or, or to work, not being stuck in traffic, etc. So I believe um, more of a hybrid structure 
and not the not the term uh, the right to to use a home office, but more the term the right to choose your your workstation will be much more relevant in the future. And probably many companies will see the benefits as well to grant their employees the right to choose where they want to work from. And in in this situation, I believe our model of uh, professional yet flexible workspaces, which is decentralized, not only in the in the city centers, but which you can find pretty much everywhere, will become very interesting because here we combine the benefits of a home office and a professional corporate office. So an employee might say, okay, I, I do want to have a professional focused um, office atmosphere, which they can find at, at uh, our premises, of course. But at the same time, I don't want the long commute into uh, downtown city. I want to go pick my uh, pick up my kids from school, uh, maybe. Yeah, and that's why we we want to bring our office to the people, to the area, and not only focus on the uh, on on the city centers. And that's pretty much the the image of the of the corporate real estate of the office world for the future. That at least I have in my mind, where we will see many more flexible models and uh, more freedom of an employee to choose where they want to work from. Great last words. There's nothing I would add. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, best of luck for Sleeves Up. And of course, we will follow up in some time and uh, let everybody know how you guys are doing. Thank you very much. It was just a pleasure having you as a guest. Thank you very much too. Uh, pleasure was was a pleasure for me to be here and yeah, talk to you soon in the future. Hopefully. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.